Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> well, let me get things rolling here. But anyway, let's look this morning at uh, uh, completely stopping all your worries. I mean, just all your worries. If you, if you, when you read the Bible, you don't find people that just, I don't care what Jesus says. I, I, I got to talk to God one day because I'm still so worried. No, huh? Jesus is the answer for everything you could ever face. Oh, if you think about depression for just a moment and why am I depressed or whatever, well, there's many reasons. It could be a problem that you've got. Uh, it could be, um, uh, or it could actually just be nothing. And you just wonder, why, why am I just depressed? Well, the answer is still Jesus. And when you, but, you know, if, if you don't ever take time to read the Bible, you can just sit there and let yourself, oh, oh you know, just sink further and further and further into all kind of troubles that you face. So let's look at this, overcoming whatever worries that you've got. And, and these things happen over and over again. Remember, Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulations. So don't think you're the only ones ever had some type of problems. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll, even First Peter says that uh, oh, the same afflictions are, are being accomplished in your brethren. In other words, it's, <laughs> everybody's got the same troubles, but you will, uh, you'll get out of them. And uh, <clears throat> your speed, shall I say, to get out of them is the quicker you can turn these things over to the Lord. Let's start here at uh, Psalm 55. And uh, let's see, I'm in the Living Bible here, and that's fine. Let's, let me switch this to the King James just a moment. Oh, uh, And in Psalm 55, I want to go right straight down here to verse uh, uh, 22. It's kind of like the punchline, I like to say. Anyway, he says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Well, I play piano some, and I can pick up on that word sustain because there's a pedal on the piano, the sustain pedal. When you push the sustain pedal, well, actually, don't push it. You touch a note on the piano. When you lift up your finger, the note quits. But if you hold down that sustain button and you touch that button, I mean, you touch the key, then it still rings. You can grab a cup of coffee and drink it, and it's still playing. In other words, you can do something else. So I can kind of see that casting your burden upon the Lord, he shall sustain thee. He'll keep you going or whatever. But let's go ahead and put this in uh, the Living Bible, and let's see what else we can see here. Uh, switch Bibles here just a moment, the Living Bible. Your NIV Bible would say much the same. I just enjoy the Living Bible. Oh. Uh, as well. So look down here at verse 22. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Give your burdens to the Lord. He will carry them. And I'll tell you right there, we lose most of us right there if we don't believe it. It's like, well, Richard, you know, I'm scared that there really is no God. When you're dead, you're dead. Well, I know we all have these thoughts. We believe in Jesus, you know. But there's things down here on this earth that we can't see. We can't see God. We see our problems. We see our body ache at times and whatever. And we can be moved by what we see, like we say. But yet again, you know, the Bible teaches us that God is there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There was a man by the name of Jesus that was on the earth. His birth was miraculous. We celebrate Christmas and whatever. And we find out through the Bible things about God. And so we see this statement here, give your burdens to the Lord. Well, we got to believe he's there. Well, we believe he's there. But now think about it. Give your burdens to the Lord. Okay, get them out of your pocket or whatever. Of course, in your mind, your heart, you know. Notice what it says. He 
will carry them. Notice it didn't say up here, he'll help you carry them. He's going to take them right from Dustin, and he's going to fix them, and he's going to let Dustin do his own business. I mean, you, we have to get where we believe the scriptures. Cast your burden upon the Lord. He didn't say, now cast the burden on the Lord means uh, don't ever miss church, and don't ever sin, and don't ever this. No, we, we say that, but that's not what he said to do. He said, cast your burdens on the Lord. Look at this. He, in the next part, says he will not permit the godly to slip or fall. Now, let's just say, suppose I don't give my burdens to the Lord. Well, you might as well face it. You're going to have trouble down the road. He's telling us to give your burdens to the Lord. We don't have to think about this too hard. It just makes sense. If you call up a close friend and... You're trying to ask them to help you or whatever, and they tell you something you need to do. Well, if there's something you need to do, then do it. But if you say, well, my friend really didn't tell me I need to put gas in the car, or he did, it's okay, I'm going to do it my way. Well, you're not going to get any far, if get anywhere if you don't do what your friend had said. Same thing's true here. But saints, we got to realize, he will carry them. Quit thinking he's not there. He is there. There's a reason we can't see him today. Let me tell you the real reason you can't see God today. Well, guess what? In the Garden of Eden, chapters 1, 2, and 3, everything was wonderful in 1 and 2. And all of a sudden, man sinned. Man fell. Man lost his relationship with God. God was on the outside looking in. God wasn't trying to be hard on man. Sin took over. In the temptation in Luke chapter 4, the devil says when he was tempting Jesus, he said, all the kingdoms of the world, they are mine, for they have been handed over to me. <laughs> Now, since when did God give the devil all of this authority? Well, God didn't give all that authority to the devil. Man had blown it. God had given to man all authority everywhere. And man decided, you know what, I don't think I'm going to obey God today. And when he did, he fell. Fell is a good word. He fell beneath a fallen angel who we know as the devil. But anyway, one day all this is going to change. Praise the Lord. So this is not a game we're playing right now. This is reality. It's almost like 007, shall we say. You're getting secret messages from heaven in this world where uh, God is not. Remember, Jesus said himself, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. Remember that? Well, it's his world. No, it actually belongs to somebody else right now, but it's going to change. Jesus, remember, is going to return one day. He's not here. That's the reason it's such a mess. But we get all this information shall we say, through 007, these interesting little secrets that we get direct from heaven. And it says, if you'll give your burdens to the Lord, he'll carry them. He'll not permit the godly to slip or fall. Now, I want to slide up a little bit here and just see if we can tell what was going on. Let's go up here and watch how quickly, if you had read this yourself, I don't care what your troubles are, you would have told yourself, you know what? Psalm 55 is in my Bible. This matches me to a perfect T to the problem that I'm facing today and my God will get me out. I like to point out how selfish this is. How dare David be so worried about his own little problems? Well, let me tell you something. If you're not feeling good, if your hands are not hurting, and I remember uh, a few weeks ago, my hands in the morning when I wake up were like, I was like, man, arthritis is just taking over. And it started to scare me, Bob. I'm like, I'm getting old. Well, yeah, I'm getting old. But God will take care of you. 
You young guys, you know, you know, your knee may start bothering you, or or you got something that doesn't seem to go away. These things bother you, and it, unless you begin to ask the Lord to get this stuff out of your life and ask Him for His help, you're going to be plagued with these things, and you're going to worry about them. But watch how quickly this turns around. Listen to my prayer, oh God. Don't hide yourself when I cry to you. Hmm. Sounds like he's saying, you know, I don't care what's going on. <laughs> Listen to me. That's kind of selfish, isn't it? Well, we as Americans would probably say that's selfish, but the Bible calls it faith. God, I really need your help. I don't have time for anything else. I have got to have your help, and I really need you to listen to what I'm talking about. Notice he didn't say, well, maybe God, you know better. Maybe I don't need my hands in the morning to, to feel so good. I, mean, I just need to be thankful my heart's beating. See, we think that way. Well, my heart's still beating. That's the main thing. Yeah, but your hands are arthritic. That's not good enough. The Bible tells us a story about a guy who Jesus laid his hands on. He couldn't see. And Jesus said, what can you see? And the man said, well, I see everybody walking around like trees. And Jesus said, that ain't good enough. Jesus laid his hands on him again. He says, now how do you see? And the guy says, I see all men clearly. Another fellow had one hand that was withered. Well, he still had another hand. We've got a lot of people in America like that. A lot of people that we may know only have one arm. Well, I'm thankful I'm alive and I got... God wants you to have two arms. But you can begin to think this way. Well, I need to be thankful. Listen, if it's bothering you, ask the Lord for his help. He says, hear me, Lord. Listen to me. For I groan and weep beneath my burden of woe. My troubles. My enemies shout against me and threaten me with death. Now, remember remember who David is. He is president. He's king of Israel under the threat of assassination all the time. Okay? They surround me with terror and plot to kill me. Their fury and hatred rise to engulf me. Now, he wasn't making this up. This was really happening. Matter of fact, we have a story in the Old Testament, actually, stories about David, his own son turned against him, you know. Anyway, my heart is in anguish within me. Stark fear overpowers me. So, so far, you probably felt this way about something. You know, you might have a bump or some skin stuff come on you or you've had something taken off and you're waiting to hear back from the lab and your doctor told you, we're going to send this to the lab. What's that mean, doc? Well, if it's benign, no big deal, whatever. <laughs> you can begin to think about these things or maybe some morning when you breathe. I've done this before. You breathe and you not quite getting a full load of air there, you know, and you start thinking, wonder if something's happening to my lungs. You can get scared. Trembling and horror overwhelm me. Oh, for, look at this, oh, for wings like a dove to fly away and rest. I just want to quit it all. I just want to get out of here. He was obviously scared about something. Verse 8, I would flee to some refuge from all of this storm. Ever felt that way? Yeah. This is like the 23rd Psalm. This fits for everything, doesn't it? Oh, Lord, make these enemies begin to quarrel among themselves. Destroy them with their own violence and strife. Though they patrol their walls night and day against invaders, their real problem is internal. Wickedness and dishonesty are entrenched in the heart of the city. There is murder and robbery there and cheating in the markets wherever you look. Well, I think David needs to look at the bigger picture. He's been king long enough. God's been good to him. This, I mean, you've got to take a little rain with the sunshine. Not according to David. David's pouring out his heart and saying, Look, Lord, I have got to have your help. <clears throat> Verse 12. Oh, he says, it was not a, whoops, excuse me, verse 12. 
oh, it was not an enemy who taunted me. Then I could have borne it. I could have hidden and escaped. Now watch where he's going here. It was a close friend. You ever had a close friend let you down? You know what we do as Americans? Sometimes we go, I guess it was God's will. God had that person. He was a friend of mine and whatever. And God's just trying me during this time. Quit thinking that stuff. Ask God to get you out. Quit trying to figure it out. Well, I don't understand. He was, he was Dustin's best friend. He was good to me, whatever. It don't matter. If he's not doing you right, pray and ask the Lord to get you out of trouble. Watch this. It was not an enemy who taunted me. Then I could have borne it. I could have hidden and escaped. But it was you, a man like myself, my companion and my friend. What fellowship we had. We went to church together. Oh, this is the reason some people make it. Oh, I just don't understand. Oh, quit worrying about understanding it. Ask God to get you out of the trouble. I mean, you could have girlfriend trouble, boyfriend trouble. Whatever your troubles are, you just need to ask God to get you out, and He will. What fellowship we had, we, we, what wonderful discussions we walked together to the temple, went to church, you know, on holy days. Verse 15, he says, Let death seize them and cut them down in their prime, for their sin is in their own homes, is in their homes. They are polluted to the depths of their souls. Verse 16, But I will call upon the Lord to do what? Oh, I need to go to heaven. <laughs> Save means get me out of this trouble. If you're hurting, no matter what it is, this is what the word save stands for. Look at that. And he will. Well, I want to read about the stories where somebody prayed and it didn't happen. Well, don't read your Bible because when you read the Bible, they prayed and it happened. Verse 16, I will call upon the Lord to save me and he will. I will pray morning, noon, and night, pleading aloud with God. And he will, now look at this. Now, we need to, that should, we, let's, let's rename this. Let's call it this. I will pray morning, noon, and night, and we don't even know if God even hears my prayers. That's ridiculous. He said he will hear and answer. Now watch what else he says here. This is so good. Though the tide of battle runs strong against me, for so many are fighting me, yet he will, what? He'll rescue me. It doesn't matter who's coming against you. You and God are the total majority, even though you can only count one and two. Me and God. believe you got it covered. You do. Verse 19, God himself, from everlasting ages past, will answer them. For they refuse to fear him or even honor his commandments. This friend of mine has betrayed me. I was at peace with him. He broke his promises. His words were oily smooth, but his heart was war. His words were sweet, but underneath were daggers. And here it is. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he'll sustain you. Now, don't you think a friend would know how to kill David? Yeah, that's what David was afraid of. He knows all the secret passageways in the palace. He knows all my habits. How am I, he knows all my guards. How am I going to sleep at night? But David knew... I'm going to cast my burdens on the Lord, and I'm going to sleep. Psalm 3 and Psalm 4, two good passages in there about sleeping. When troubles all around, David said, I will lay me down and sleep, for you alone will keep me safe, Psalm 4 says. So he says, give your burdens to the Lord. He will carry them. This here was so bad it was assassination, apparently, from a close friend. Okay. 
He will not permit the godly to slip or fall. Verse 23 goes on to say what? He will send my enemies to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will not live out half their days, but I am trusting in the, in the Lord to save me. I don't care what your problems are. You need to ask the Lord. Don't throw away the smallest of things that are in your life that maybe you've lost, you know, or you wind up even on your own, you're about to run out of gas. Please ask the Lord to help you. He will. He will. Let's go to another passage here. See if these things still hold up. They actually do. Oh, if you look at the book of Philippians here, very famous uh, uh, passage right here in chapter 4. Oh, <clears throat> let's switch this to the King James just a moment. <clears throat> Notice he says here uh, in, in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's as long as you're feeling all right. Well, he's telling you this passage. Well, would he tell you to rejoice if you were already rejoicing? You know, like, Bob, I wish you'd wear a blue shirt today. I got a blue shirt on, you know. Well, it's not for Bob to say that, you know. It's for somebody who's not rejoicing. Well, I'd like to be happy, but today, you know, just you don't know what kind of troubles I'm having. Oh, really? Hmm. Well, what can we do? Now, remember, if you're by yourself, not in front, it's so easy to put on a happy face. I mean, I can smile. Y'all can look right. Y'all can say, oh, Richard's just happy. Like, I got troubles just like you do. And so this is to me as well. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, just, it just kind of irks me about rejoicing, especially when, if I go back to the way I used to think about God, God's up there wanting to, he's wanting to clobber me, or God wants to give me some troubles today. God wants all my plans to not be any count. He's got greater plans. We've heard that before. God's got greater plans than the ones you've got. It's the reason things are not working for you right now. Well, how come you can't get the two mixed together? You can't get them. How come I never know about his plans? And so we confuse ourselves thinking that God is really our worst enemy. It's not true. He says rejoice. Well, I won't know. Okay. Does he just say this and then he just walks out the room? No, he tells us why. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Sometimes we think the Lord's at hand to just, he's going to clobber us. No. Remember, David just said in Psalm 55, the Lord will save me. So where, he's, where he goes next, verse 6, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything is what he says. But in everything by prayer and supplication. The word supplication means what is it that you want? I know we've heard that story, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Well, we don't need to be singing that song because you don't know if God's going to get it or not. He will get it. He promised he would. With thanksgiving, look at this, let whose request? Your request. But how many times when you get down on your knees, you start hearing somebody say, well, let's don't ask God for something right now. You know, you can't find that in the scriptures. God wants you to ask. You need to ask right. If you are hurting or you see something you're worried about, you need to ask right then. Get right on it. He says, let your request be made known unto God. So I wonder what part of this is my responsibility. Well, let's start verse 4. What's my responsibility? This is hard. I don't know what he wants me to do. He said rejoice. 
Okay, I'll be happy. God, you're making this hard on me. You want me, you want me to be happy and, and do, you not know, do you not know why I'm not happy today? I can't find my card. I lost it. I, yeah, it was my dumb fault, but I lost it. It's bothering me. And the Lord said, Richard, didn't I say, ask me and I'll help you find that card? <laughs> Forgot about that. Lord, help me find that card. That's starting to make sense. Rejoice in the Lord. I mean, God, we're putting you on the hot seat because why would you tell me to ask you if you were not going to do it? Besides, he says, let your request be made known unto God. See, God is setting me up either for failure or for success here. And I tell you what, if it's failure, I'm going to blame the Lord because he told me to do this. He told me to get excited about it. Told me to be happy. Look what he says in verse 7. And the peace of God, wow, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, I don't know about you, but I never get to verse 7 when I'm still worried. I'm like, there ain't no peace right now. I can't, I'll be glad when Christmas gets here. You know, that kind of thing. I'll be glad when this problem's over with. Well, how do you feel today? Whew. I am worried silly. Well, what am I doing wrong? Well, I'm, first off, I am careful. I'm being careful. But he says, be careful for nothing. Yeah, but you don't understand. I am worried. It's financial. My health is wonderful. Everything's great. But you do not understand what kind of bills I have. My bills are horrible. Psalm 118, David said, right after this verse that says, the stone which the builders rejected. Another verse right in there, it says, This is the day the Lord hath made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Very next verse says, Send prosperity now. Well, you can't tell God to do that. <laughs> Who in the world else could you tell to do that? You can ask God for that. It belongs to you. The first thing he promised Abraham was that he would bless him. Praise the Lord. Besides that, you're worried about it anyway. You got that bill. God knows you got that bill coming. Why don't you ask God to get a miracle? He'll do it for you. Praise the Lord. Oh, uh, watch this in verse, uh, this goes hand in glove here with uh, in chapter 1. Remember he said to rejoice in the Lord always. And so here you go. You're rejoicing in the Lord. You're trusting that Jesus is going to take care of you. And he will. Ah, uh, let's see. I'm still in chapter 1 here. Get down here and watch this. Oh. Look at this verse 28. He says, In nothing terrified by your adversaries. Now I know we've all seen Clint Eastwood. We already watched some movies. The bad guys are doing something. Here they go. They face off with Clint. And Clint's your favorite hero, whatever, or somebody else. And they say, We're going to kill you, whatever. And so what does John Wayne do and what does Clint Eastwood do? They give him that scare look like, go ahead, make my day. In other words, Clint's not moved, is he? Look at this scripture. It says, in nothing terrified by your adversaries. In other words, all these things are coming down on you. But what do you do? You hold your ground. Look at this. Which to them, means your enemies, an evident token of perdition. Perdition means destruction. It means they're doomed. Just like when you're watching those Clint Eastwood movies. You knew better. They ain't going to get Clint. And you know good and well, 
He's got that face on, dirty, hairy, whatever, you know. He's going to eat their lunch, isn't he? They're not going to get his. Wow. But look at this. It's an evident token or a sign that they're doomed. But guess what? But to you, it's a sign, look at this, of salvation and that of God. Now, he's not talking about going to heaven, is he? He's talking about whatever Mickey Mouse trouble was coming your way. Don't be worried about anything. How many have ever heard the scripture that says, no weapon formed against you prosper? Yeah, why should I worry? Praise the Lord. I don't need to worry. He's going to take care of me. He really will. Look down here at more places just like this. 1 Peter chapter 5. Exactly the same thing. He says in the, uh, let's see. Verse 6, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How do you do that? He says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Oh, yeah? You know, you've got to make up your mind that God does care. We have the idea when we go to pray sometimes that God's got, God needs to help Dustin today, not me, you know. He needs to help, you know, Aaron. I mean, I, my problems, Lord, I'll handle them today. He doesn't want you to handle them. You think God gets a lot of praise out of you handling your own situation? No. You're not bothering God. Cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. Now, I want to tell you something else about this. This doesn't mean you go tell everybody. That's, that's, one, that's one way the devil gets you uh, defeated a lot of time. You know, Aaron's got a problem or whatever. He may tell Dusty, he may tell Bob, may tell me. And by the time we all respond, now we don't mean to. But we may say, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. But it still bugs him or whatever. Or we might say, and we don't want to, but we don't want to say, you know, well, I don't know. I don't know, you know. That's a tough one. No, don't ask me. Don't ask Dustin. Don't ask anybody. You bring it to the Lord. He cares for you. Now look at verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. That just means, hey, be, look out. Look out. Watch closely. Because your adversary, I don't care what day Phil wakes up, He's got an adversary. I do too. We got an enemy. Every day we wake up. Woo! Bad guy out there. But we're not moved. The devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, what's the devil trying to do? He's trying to ruin your lunch. He's trying to eat your lunch. Now, let's see if there's anything we can do about it. I guess it's God's will that the devil is sent to destroy us. No. Look at the next words. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Resist what? This devouring. That's the reason I'm telling you, if your ankle's hurting you this morning, you should resist that and say, Lord, I need both my ankles to work good today. I need your help in the name of Jesus. Cause my leg to work right, whatever the problem is. Or if you're short financially, ask the Lord. He'll help you. Resist steadfast in the faith. Now, where is this coming back to? Cast all your cares upon him. Well, I cast it on him. I don't know what he's going to do. No, he cares for you. He's going to keep you from being devoured. He will. He will. He'll get you out of trouble every time. Let me show you one last place here. You can read these things for yourself, praise the Lord. If we all but just take time to read the Bible. The Bible's a wonderful book. It's about you and God. 
Because all these stories, you'll say, well, it was Abraham, it was Moses, it was David, it was this person and that person. Those people's names were mentioned because if you do what they do, praise the Lord, these things will happen for you as well. Let's go to the book of Luke here and uh, <clears throat> switch to the Living Bible. Let's go to, uh, let's see, I think Luke chapter 5 is where I want. Let's, let's see what we got. Oh, I'm Peter. Yeah, thank you. Sure am. Sure am. Okay. Just a little story about Jesus here. Let's watch this real close. What happens? Oh, let's see. Hang on. I was reading it. It could, it could be the fourth chapter. Just one second. Oh, let me double check. <clears throat> when Jesus goes from one town to another, I just want you to see what he's doing here. Yeah, one second. Okay, let's see. Yeah, here we go. Watch this. Uh, Jesus is, uh, he's in Capernaum here. You, you could read this. Okay, Jesus, uh, let's see. Let's see where we're at. Okay, look at verse 31. Then he returned to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and preached there in the synagogue every Saturday. Here, too, the people were amazed at the things he said, for he spoke as one who knew the truth, instead of merely quoting the opinions of others as his authority. Once as he was teaching in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon began shouting at Jesus, Go away! We want nothing to do with thee, Jesus from, uh, from Nazareth. You have come to destroy us. I know who you are, the Holy Son of God. Now, it's interesting. The devil knows that uh, Jesus is there to destroy him. They're not saying, well, you just try it. No, no, they knew it. Verse 35, Jesus cut him short. Be silent. He told the demon, come out. Oh, let's scroll down here. Let's see what happened next. This is in Luke chapter uh, chapter 4. The demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched and left him without hurting the father. I mean, hurting him further, excuse me. Amazed, the people said, what is in this man's words that even demons obey him? The story of what he had done spread like wildfire throughout the whole region. Now, what happened here? This story did, okay? So people are aware of what Jesus does. What is it that Jesus does? Well, he's setting these people free, isn't he? After leaving the synagogue that day, he went to, hmm, we'll just say Richard's house, where he found Richard's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Well, chances are you never know what God's going to do, and I mean, you don't want to bother him with this, and I mean, somehow, you know, we don't understand the ways of God because sometimes, you know, little, you have to take a little pain, you know, with a little feeling good. What? No, we don't. He walks in the house. His mother-in-law... It's not feeling good. And you know, you've heard all the mother-in-law jokes you want. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look what Peter says here. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he spoke to the fever, rebuking it, and immediately her temperature returned normal, and she got up, the scripture says, and she fixed a meal for him. She prepared a meal for them. Why was even this in the scriptures? Well... What did they do? Oh. You know, they said, please heal her, everyone begged. Now, what if they had just said, well, let's don't mess with that right now. Jesus needs a break. Let me tell you something. When you're God, you don't need a break. He didn't ever sleep. And he doesn't care that you ask him. This is, now look at verse 40. I don't know what's so spiritual about this. I mean, he's just running around healing people. Doesn't he need to tell people they need to live right and stuff? 
God's going to get to that. But if you're hurting and you got something on your mind, and we're all fixing to leave in a moment, you know, and you may have something really bugging you, and I tell you what, if you haven't asked the Lord for your help, for His help, when you get in your car and leave here, just say, Lord, have mercy on me, help me with the situation. So let's wrap this up. Look at forty. As the sun went down that evening, as all the villagers who had any sick in their homes, now we're pushing the envelope here. You cannot put God in a box just because your friend. Got helped by Jesus doesn't mean Jesus is going to help you. Oh, yes, it is. He will help anybody. The scripture says he's strong unto all that call upon him. Praise the Lord. As the sun went down that evening, all the villages, uh, villagers who had any sick in their homes, no matter what their diseases were brought, they brought them to Jesus and the touch of his hands healed everyone. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what am I going to do about my burdens today? Well, it doesn't matter what they are. Jesus is going to fix them for you. Just everything by prayer. Just ask the Lord. He'll get you out of trouble. Father, we thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. If we're not feeling good today, head may be hurting, whatever it is. Thank you, Jesus. You'll keep us well right now. Take care of that for us. Lord, if we're having trouble financially, oh, take care of that for us right now. Whatever they may be, big or small, doesn't matter. Lord, if there's any trouble we might be facing, Lord, just get us out of trouble. I'll call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised, David said in Psalm 18. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You will rescue me, we read today, Lord, in Psalm 55. Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to believe all that, to be happy, and to tell others all the wonderful things you've done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, saints. Great.